Welcome to this week's Bacon and Mystery, Bacon and Murder episode. Listen, we have come so far. Welcome to the new year. I'm so surprised that last year I did not commit assault on this mic stand because it's really been stressing me out. But I think this is a good method. How do I sound in your ears? Do you like it? Okay. We are talking about a K-drama today. It's called Night Has Come, and it is probably one of the best K-dramas that I've seen in the past six months. I got hooked. Like, first episode in, I got hooked. And I don't know if it's because I love mafia. Here are the elements of the K-drama. High school... By the way, I'm going through puberty, so... (laughs) So he's going to sound kind of like Batman, right? You sound good. Can you give us a sentence? I'm Batman. I, <laughs> Batman. <laughs> okay. <I'm Pat> boy. <laughs> so this gay drama has all of the elements that I look for in a gay drama. You've got high school students in uniform, stuck, stranded in like a boarding school situation. No adults, love stories, but also a real life game of mafia. A real-life game of mafia. You know the mafia game where someone is mafia, other people are civilians. In the middle of the night, civilians go to sleep. Uh Mafia decide to kill one person. The next morning, they wake up and they have to figure out who mafia is. They vote on someone. They kill that person that night. Lots of death, right? But what if it happens in real life? What if that person dies? Yuni is our main girl. She wakes up in her room at the Korean boarding school, only it's not Yuni's room, or it doesn't look like her boarding school. She's in this room with two bare bunk beds on either side of the room. Neither of the beds have sheets, blankets, pillows. Yuni is asleep at the bottom bunk of one of these beds in her school uniform, looking like a zombie. Arms pinned to her side, legs straight. Imagine you get drugged and you wake up like that. Like that's, no one falls asleep like that. No blanket, nothing. There's nothing in this room. It's completely bare. There aren't even desks. Just one small window overlooking the mountains outside. So clearly, we already know that this place is going to be super secluded. Even if you were to run outside and scream for help, who would come? Who would even hear you? Uni wakes up super confused. She's never seen this room before. She gets up to try and look for her phone next to her. It's not there. She gets up and walks over to the bunk opposite in the room. And on the bottom bunk is her phone. And on the phone is a picture of the moon. And the words, night has come, starts flashing. And there's blood on the screen. Maybe it's like a movie trailer, right? But then another drop of blood falls onto her phone. Uni slowly looks up and there is a pool of blood leaking from the top bunk onto her phone. And she hesitantly steps back, breathing faster. And there is a dead student on the top bunk. She's been sleeping in the room with a dead student. Her hair is all splayed out like a circle. She looks like she's been electrified. She's just laying there, bleeding out. Uni runs out of the room trying to find someone to help her, but she ends up running straight into the school's indoor pool. Everything about this pool is so unsettling. The water is filled to the point where it's almost leaking out of the pool and onto the floor. And before Uni can even process all of this, a girl walks in front of her on the other side of the pool. Uni has no idea who this girl is, but she's wearing the same uniform as Uni, and she's standing, staring at Uni with nothing but the pool in between them. And in a slow, non-dramatic, just minimal movement, creepy way, the girl steps into the pool and it's too dark for Uni to see what's going on. She doesn't even react. There's just bubbles. Is she drowning herself? What the hell? 
But in the middle, getting closer to Uni, the girl's head pops up from the water, drenched. All the hair is in front of her face. She looks like the ring movie. And she's slowly walking closer and closer to Uni. Finally, Uni makes a run for it. And she slams into other students covered in blood in the hallway. And boom! She wakes up and drops her horror movie, her horror book that she was reading on the bus. She's still in her school uniform, but it's daytime. And all of her friends are very much alive and on the bus with her. They're going on a weekend school trip into the mountains. She looks at the back of the bus and all the other students are pointing fingers at each other, arguing, bickering. They're playing mafia. If I were mafia, why would I try to point the finger at him and just draw attention to myself? I swear it's not me. It's clearly him. He's mafia. I swear. But it's not one big happy group. We've got lots of other cliques in this little bus, okay? You've got the school bullies on the bus. We've got Kevin, Sebastian, Jason, okay? Telling the mafia group to, hey, shut the f*** up. Can't you see Kevin's trying to fall asleep? Kevin is like the head boy in charge. The biggest bully of them all, okay? Is he cute? Oh, no. Oh. oh, no, 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 no. He looks like a bully. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you have girls sneaking pictures of their crushes when they fall asleep on the bus. The quiet girls that don't care to be involved in any of the drama. That's actually Uni and her best friend, Wendy. The nerdy but heroic guys who hate the school bullies. They're the school athletes, so no one messes with them. But they're so focused on their athleticism. They're just so focused on their muscles that they don't get involved, you know? They don't want to get involved. There's a lot going on in this bus. That's all I know. And it's driving straight into the mountains. They finally get into their destination. And all the kids are so excited for this crazy weekend. It's nighttime. With very little supervision, this weekend is going to be a blast. But when Uni and her friend Wendy step off the bus, Uni elbows Wendy. Did we come here last year? I feel like we've been here before. <sighs> all youth centers look the same. And Wendy goes back to her computer where she's coding because of course she is, okay? Like, what high schooler is just coding on a school trip? If that's you, you're going somewhere. I want to be friends with you. You'll probably start your own, like, tech company one day. But, like, it's a little unsettling. It's, like, too smart for me. I'd be very intimidated. But Uni is freaked out. She looks up at the dorm building in front of her. And they're supposed to be staying in here all weekend. Briefly, she sees a girl standing at the window. Or at least a figure of a girl. But when she glances back, it's no longer there. Anyway, they all walk inside and the youth center has this creepy statue of a girl sitting and staring at everyone who enters. And in front of her is this QR code everyone has to scan to get Wi-Fi. The QR code also gets you the map of the entire place, but everybody scans except Uni, who prefers to take a physical map booklet instead. And we already see dynamics forming. Uni and June. So June is the quiet, hot, smart guy in class. He's also the class president. It seems like they kind of have a thing forming. They're flirting. But one of the prettiest girls in class, Mimi, is pissed because Mimi likes June. But why is June paying attention to the nerdy girl Uni? Anyway, June tells Uni to pick a birthday present before midnight or else he's not going to get her anything. It's giving like cute high school flirting in a good way, you know? And all the other kids are rushing to find their rooms, but Uni is the last one to walk in and she sees the homeroom teacher asking the two men at the front desk, can I use your phone? My signal's not working. I have to call the, uh, all the other homeroom teachers because I don't know, it seems like they're lost in the mountains. All their phones are down. But the alarming part is the homeroom teacher looks really stressed out about it. He's kind of pacing like, what should we do? Do we have to leave? Should we leave? 
the rest of the students gather in the auditorium to hang out, but most of them are, um, they're pretty tired. And it seems like they're just waiting on the rest of the school to join them with their homeroom teachers. So this is just one class of like maybe 35 kids. The homeroom teacher walks in, class president. June runs up, the hot guy that uni has a thing with, right? I have to get the other students. So send everyone up to their rooms and make sure nobody gets out. It's your job to ensure that nobody causes any trouble. You're in charge. Got it? Yes, of course. Mimi, vice president, come here. Mimi is vice president. You can help him. Yes, sir. And uh, we have to do a giant group photo when I get back, so tell everyone to keep their uniforms on. The homeroom teacher runs off, and Mimi looks at June. The Wi-Fi doesn't even work. Kind of sucky here. But do you know why we have to take a group photo at night? I thought usually we do it during the day. Yeah, it's a little weird, but what can we do? Everyone starts forming their own cliques in the gym, and you can tell who are the popular girls, the troublemaking guys, the smart ones, the quiet, shy ones. And at that moment, the lights turn off, and there's this high-pitched frequency just echoing in the gym. Everyone drops everything to cover their ears, and someone's screaming, turn on the lights! Who's doing this? It's not funny! One of the girls grabs her phone to use the flashlight. Another student joins in, and everyone falls silent. In the middle of the gym is a tall figure covered in a white sheet like a Halloween ghost. One of the tough guys throws a basketball at the ghost balls. Ghost balls? Yeah. What? <laughs> at the ball area. Of the- <laughs> and he plops over. And it's, uh, it's one of the troublemakers. It's the class clown. And all the students are annoyed and freaked out. It's creepy out here in the mountains with no Wi-Fi. Like, what the hell, guys? Stop playing around. Fucking idiot. But the kid gets up. He's not done. Everyone listen. Listen clearly. Because I heard something. I heard back then, maybe a few years ago, a female high school student self-exited here. And there's a rule here. If you're smart, you'd listen. The only thing that you cannot do under any circumstances is should you ever after midnight look into a mirror, don't ever look behind you. Do you hear me? And if someone grabs your ankle while you're asleep, even under the blanket, don't you dare look. If you don't follow these rules, Everyone is quiet and they're staring at him, waiting for him to talk. It's terrifying, suspenseful. Only a few lights came back on in the gym, so it's dark. If you don't, a ghost will come. And he starts running towards the popular girls who scream, Hey, you freaking psycho, cut it out. What the hell is wrong with you? His friends pounce on him, laughing, telling him to grow up, but clearly they love it. And after that freaky prank, everyone gets sent by the class president and vice president to go to their rooms. On the way, one of the students asks one of the minion bullies. So his name is Noah, and he is one of the nerdy guys. His best friend Danny is also nerdy. And Noah goes, uh, Sebastian, when can you pay me back? Because my mom doesn't know that I've lent you the money, and I have to pay for my tutor next week. The bully smirks. Noah, why are you doing this to your friend? I said I'll pay you back with interest, didn't I? The bully pulls back his fist but doesn't punch Noah. Puts him down and says, I said next week, didn't I? He's about to walk off, but Noah says, I I need it, bye. And the other minion bully comes up and screams at Noah, get freaking lost. What are you, a freaking loan shark? But Kevin, the head guy in charge, ultimate bully, HBIC, head bully in charge, 
comes up and smacks Sebastian, the minion bully, in the back of the head. <sighs> you piece of shit. Did you buy lottery tickets again? Kevin looks at Noah and his other friend. And he's like, come here, Danny. Danny, did you lend me money too? Danny's shaking, just being looked at by Kevin. Huh? Uh, yeah, but you can pay me back slowly. I'm not in a rush at all. So it seems like the minion bullies borrowed money from the nerdy guys telling the other kids that it was Kevin's request so they could spend it without Kevin knowing. Uh-huh. Kevin pokes Danny's stomach. How much did I borrow in total? I'll pay back. All of it. As long as you play a game of basketball with us. What do you say? Kevin looks unhinged. Like the other bullies, they have the typical angry egomaniac. Like, I don't want to be alpha male. Be scared of me. That look, that vibe. But Kevin, Joker, calm, collected, chaos in his eyes. He's holding Danny's head in his hands like a little baby. Like he's about to kiss him. What do you say? Meanwhile... In Wendy and Uni's dorm, the two besties, it's similar to the one in Uni's bedroom, or Uni's nightmare, the one that she woke up in that was all bare, but this one has desks, wallpaper, lights, decor, it's kind of cute, but uh, definitely two bunk beds in the same exact window. They unpack a little bit before Uni gets to reading again. Wendy sneaks over and sticks a present in Uni's backpack, birthday gift. Then she sits down to work on her computer. (sighs) No internet, I have to take my coding class, why is this not working? You yelled at me for reading on this trip. Who studies during a school trip? Stop showing off that you're the best. No wonder the kids call you Menza. Menza is the organization name Uni, plural. For one person is Men's Hun. Idiots. Uni smiles. They go back to their things, but Uni's phone dings. What the hell? It's the map downloading. I told you I didn't want it on my phone. I just, I'd like the physical map. I didn't do that. Wendy gets a chime on her phone too. She picks it up and the screen reads, it's now time for the mafia game. Please check your occupation. Uni checks hers, it's civilian. What the hell is this? Mine says I'm a civilian. Wendy says she is too. What's going on? New rules pop up on the screen. The participants will be secretly assigned as civilians, doctor, police officer, and or mafia. The doctor can prevent the execution of a participant of their choice. The police officer can find the occupation of the participant of their choice. Starting from 8 a.m. to midnight, the participants will select mafia members by vote. At midnight, the participant with the most votes will be executed and their occupation revealed. After the voting ends at midnight, all participants, except the mafia members, will go to sleep. Then the mafia must execute someone. Most of the kids are in their dorm rooms confused when they get the message, but it just seems like most of them think that one of the kids probably, I think his name was, um, probably Ethan was the one that came up with this game and downloaded it onto everyone's phone or like sent a link because he's obsessed with mafia. He's the one in the bus that's like, we got to play mafia, everyone. So most of them are in their dorm rooms opening up the messages, but Kevin and the other bullies are playing basketball with Danny and Noah. By basketball, I mean hurling basketballs at their balls and making sure that they don't flinch or move for pure enjoyment, I guess. But the rules continue on everybody else's phones. When either team, civilians or team mafia, kill everyone on the other team and win, it's game over. The civilians, doctors, and police are all on the same team. Participants, please find the mafia and start voting now through your phone. There's an online chat through the game that you can text through, and one of the kids, Ethan, is excitedly texting, let the f-
in games begin, bro? The other kids are rolling their eyes. Hey, you think he made this game? He's probably mafia, right? He's liking this way too much. Whatever, just kill him off. Unanimous vote, everyone. Everyone, vote for Henry. Esther texts that into the group chat. Three votes are casted for Henry. They responded to the massive chat. Everyone, keep going. Let's vote Henry off. Uni and Wendy, they just go with the flow. With the stupid online game, and they click Henry's name. And Why Henry? Oh, Ethan. I'm so sorry. Oh. Yes, Ethan, Ethan. And they just click Ethan's name because they're like, you know what? Vote this guy off. He's probably the one that created this game to begin with, and he's so obsessed with Mafia. He's the one in here like, let's freaking go. Uni and Wendy, they cast their vote for Ethan just... Because why not? And when you click the student's name, that means you cast your vote. But uni stops for a second. Wait, but I didn't register. How would they know my name? Now Wendy's suspicious. She goes to her computer and says, the internet doesn't even work. How can we play the game and talk to each other? They head out to the lobby receptionist area to investigate. The two receptionist men are gone and so is their teacher. How's he not back yet? Do you think something happened? What if, what if the teacher got into an accident? Wendy has no answers, but June comes walking down the stairs. June, you have no idea when the teacher is coming back, right? No, my phone's not working, so I can't call him. Does your phone work? No, neither of our phones work. Where are all the staff here? I guess they went with the teacher. Nobody else is here. I've been looking. Now Wendy's intrigued. What? They just all left? What do we do then? I think there might be a phone in the office, right? There must be. June, will you come with us to check in the office? The three of them, they head into the back office and the phones don't work. Uni notices that there's a fresh coffee sitting near the machine, not even touched. Are you guys sure you didn't see anybody? Nobody. The phone on the, the landline on the table starts ringing. Uni rushes over to pick it up. Hello? Hello? There's a high-pitched buzzing on the other line and then like a beep and the line goes dead. Wendy's like, wait, Uni, try calling emergency services. She starts pressing the buttons, no dial tone, the phone is dead. Their cell phones buzz, though, and a new message comes through the game. Mimi, the vice president, the one who also likes June, is asking Uni to come to the pool right now ASAP. It's an emergency. Uni looks up from her phone and looks at June. Do you know what this is about? Uh, yeah, we're making a school trip video, so we have to interview everyone for their own clips. Hmm, fun video in a situation like this. That doesn't really sound fitting. They scoff and they start making their way down to the pool, but they pass by Noah, who has a nosebleed. He's one of the ones that were playing basketball with the bullies. Uh-huh. Noah, what happened to you? Um, the thing is, the guys wanted to talk to me, so I had... June looks pissed. He knows it's the bullies. He tells the girls that he's going to catch up with them, but wants to talk to Noah first. Meanwhile, the bullies are still slamming basketballs into Danny in the gym. Now they're aiming for his head. June walks in with Noah trailing after him, just blood dripping down his nose. Hey, you, what the hell are you guys doing? Danny, get up. I said, get up. Danny's nose is bleeding. Kevin, Kevin's smiling. You're taking your pranks way too far, Kevin. Prank? June. Kevin walks straight up to his face and whispers, no prank. I'm so fucking serious right now. June's not scared to get beat up? No, no, I guess he can't beat up the class president because then the school would actually do something about it. Oh, what? Yeah. June says, Danny agreed to help me with the event tomorrow. I can take him, right? For school. June grabs Danny's hand and is about to walk off, but Danny pulls back and says, it's, it's fine, June. It's fine. 
Kevin smirks and puts his arm around Danny. He said he's fine, didn't he? Sebastian gets up in June's face now, and he's smiling. I hate how you act so superior just because your face is a little pretty. Before Sebastian can start more shit, a basketball is thrown at the back of his head. Who the... He turns around. It's the two athletes on the bus. How can I tell they're athletes? They're wearing Adidas tracksuits with their names on the back. <laughs> they're athletes, okay? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, definitely. Kind? We don't know. Oh. We don't... I want to say wrestling... Oh, okay. Right, because they know how to fight. Oh. Sebastian's pissed. Oliver, you son of a... Kevin turns around. Why are we all gathering here tonight, huh? What kind of shit are you guys trying to stir? Leave us alone. Oliver smiles and zips up his tracksuit. We came to work out. Why? We can't do that? Kevin puts his hand on his temples like he's stressed. He spits on the ground next to Oliver's foot. Losers who can't even make the national team. Yeah, go ahead. Work your ass off. Kevin taps him on the chest and is about to walk off. And he says, let's go to the little minions. On the way out, Sebastian spits near Danny. And Oliver is about to stop a fight, but June stops him. Meanwhile, Uni and Wendy go to the pool because that's where Mimi wants Uni to go, I guess. There's girls waiting there already. And they ask Wendy to stay behind. And Uni goes down first. It's the same dark pool from her dream. And behind her, she hears, happy birthday to you. Mimi, the class VP, the popular girl, and her friends are holding a cake with no lit candle. (laughs) Mimi's holding the cake, and when they're done singing, she says, just imagine it's lit. Make a wish. Uni pretends to blow on it, and Wendy finally makes it down to the pool, and she looks disgusted. What's gotten into you, Mimi? You never even talked to us, and suddenly you're giving her a birthday surprise? Mimi looks at Wendy. Wendy. She's one of those girls that I would be scared of her smile, okay? Uni tries to soften the tension and glares at Wendy, her best friend, and says, no, 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 thank you, Mimi. It means a lot. Don't thank me. We're friends. I even have a present for you. A birthday beating. They pause, and two guys try to pick up Uni to try and throw her into the pool. The other girls are recording and laughing, and finally Mimi stops the guys. Stop, 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 guys. She's going to cry. Put her down. Mimi walks over to help Uni up. Sorry. We were too harsh, right? Happy birthday. And she lifts both of her arms and pushes Uni straight into the pool behind her. And Wendy is pissed. What the fork is wrong with you guys? How dare you push her? Uni's trying to swim, but something grabs her foot and she gets dragged down into the water. She's trying to push up, but she sees a ghost, a girl in uniform holding her down. But when the camera pans back around, we don't see that girl. Wendy can't swim, so she's screaming for help. She can't jump in there. Thankfully, June gets back down into the pool to meet up with Uni and Wendy. He jumps in to save Uni, and Mimi's stupid plan backfired. So her whole thing is she's trying to bully the love interest of her love interest, but she's only pulling them closer together. Do you guys know the story of my first date with my husband? Okay, you know, I don't know if it was my very first date, but it was like one of the very first few dates really early on in this relationship. This man, he didn't ask me about my hobbies. He didn't ask me about my interests. This guy asked me about my credit score. And I'm just thinking, who does that? This is like either the biggest green flag or the biggest red flag, or is it just weird? I don't know. Is it beige? I remember thinking, I don't even know what a credit score is. Like, do I need to know that? He was really shocked because uh, it really is that deep. He sent me down this like 40 minute rabbit hole and uh, we're 
married now, so I guess it's been 10 years. All you need to do is ask someone for their credit score. And if you're like, Stephanie, I have no idea how to build my credit score. Say, my credit score was actually horrendous when I met my husband. And I got you. Chime's got you. With Chime, you can build your credit score while shopping. When you use the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card, you can build your credit scores with on-time payments for everyday purchases. You know what I hate about most banking services? The never-ending fees. Oh, you need to breathe while you use our banking app? There's an oxygen fee. I mean, of course I'm joking, but it does feel like that sometimes. But Chime has zero annual fees, zero interest, and you don't need to go through any credit checks to apply. Chime is also super convenient. It's accepted anywhere regular Visa credit cards are accepted. And it's really simple to use. You can set up a qualifying direct deposit and then use SpotMe to overdraft up to $200 without fees. So if you accidentally overfilled your shopping cart or underestimated the bill, there is no need to awkwardly put your stuff back on the shelves. You can rely on Chime. Even if you need cold, hard cash for whatever reason, you can use the Chime app to easily find an ATM near you that you can access with your card and get your money. You can access over 60,000 fee-free ATMs. Chime just hates fees as much as I do, and that's why I use it. You can cash out your money or pay friends through Chime, even if they're not members. All fee-free. Start building your credit. Open a Chime checking account with at least a $200 qualifying direct deposit to get started. Get started at Chime.com baking. That's Chime.com baking. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by the Bank Corp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and over-the-counter advance fees may apply. Call 1-844-244-6363 for details. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. June brings Uni to the nurse's room and lays her down. She's still soaking wet, but she's fine, not dead. June, on the other hand, he's shaking. So apparently, the backstory, the lore to this is June used to be on the swim team, but he gave up swimming because one of his friends drowned in the water. He was so traumatized he can't swim or even submerge himself in water anymore. Like, truly, it's trauma. And Uni's like, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm better now. Uh, I should gather the rest of the kids and talk to them, though, to get some rest. There's a knock on the door, and Wendy and the others walk in. Mimi's there. Mimi, this is June. Apologize to Uni now. Birthday beating? You don't think that's too harsh and immature? Mimi starts crying like a freaking pick-me girl. I'm so sorry. I just really wanted to give you a birthday present and make you have fun. Oh, uh, it's okay. Really? You promise you're forgiving me? Wendy's disgusted. Why is Uni forgiving her? Why is Mimi putting on the fake tears? So annoying. Uni's like, yeah, I forgive you, Mimi. And when they walk out, some of the other students are waiting for them in the hallway, anxious. The teacher's not back. We don't know what to do. June takes charge. Everyone back to your rooms. Worst case, if he's still not back by tomorrow, I will go out in the morning and look for him. The students are restless. They're freaked out about everything going on. They're all heading back to their rooms when a voice comes on on the speakers. One minute until the voting has closed. They all check their phones and there's a 60 second countdown on their phones. They can't tap the screen. They can't do anything. It's just 60 seconds counting down. Wow. Whoever made this app, super cool. This game is good. Everyone is impressed. They're like, Ethan, good job. But he's, he's confused. The speakers turn on again. The voting has ended. Ethan, with 24 votes, will be the first to be executed. Ethan's friends wave bye at him, and he dramatically grabs his head and starts falling on the ground. There he goes again. They try to tell him to quit the pranking, 
but he hears this frequency noise that no one else hears and it feels like he's losing his mind he starts banging his head on the walls trying to stop the frequency noise he's screaming banging around and then suddenly he stops and everyone's looking at him in fear because this is too much for a prank he's like slamming his head on the walls his head lifts up slowly and all of his eyes no pupils it's all white he calmly gets down on the ground and starts bashing his head on the floor uh. and everyone starts screaming his friends try to stop him but he keeps going further and further until his entire face is smashed and there's blood splattered everywhere and even then he won't stop he starts throwing himself on the walls next to him breaking all the paintings shattering glass the students next to him are getting soaked in blood splatter and finally he calmly walks down the hall and throws himself out the window the voice on the speaker comes back Ethan's occupation was a civilian. And in the hallway, calm sleep music plays over the speakers and each one of the kids drop down onto the ground to fall asleep. Oh, they just pass out? Uni wakes up on the ground in the hallway. The sun is up and shining. She looks to her side and all the other students are just as they were. What the hell is going on? A lot of the students start crying. Ethan, where, where is Ethan? And they feel guilt because they all voted for him. Uni runs over to the open window and Ethan's on the ground outside dead. Everyone's phones start ringing. The speakers announce, before the voting ended, the police officer used their power. They asked if Noah, the nerdy victim of the bullies, was the mafia. Noah was mafia. <gasps> all participants, please find the mafia and start voting. No, Noah is mafia? Everyone slowly looks around, but Noah's gone. Meanwhile, Oliver is trying to get answers. Wait, it's the speakers. Where's the broadcast room? It's upstairs on the second floor, no? Let's go. Oliver and his athlete buddy run up and some of the other kids trail after him. The other half stay and one of the guys walks in to use the restroom, but he screams. Everyone runs into the restroom and there's blood seeping out from one of the stalls. Kevin pushes June forward. Fuck, you're class president. You freaking open it. June walks up, slowly creaks open the door. And there's another dead student. Noah. Doesn't make sense. Meanwhile, when the other group go to the broadcasting room, there's nobody in there. Only a cup of full coffee left behind. Back at the bathroom, everyone's freaking out. Uni tries to take action and calls out the dead kid's name. Noah? Noah? He won't move. I mean, I don't know. The amount of blood that I saw, I was like, he's not going to move, but it's fine. I guess you can call him by his name, right? She walks closer and touches the blood on the ground and she turns around. The blood hasn't dried yet. It hasn't been long since he's died. And then all of her bravery gone down the toilet. She starts throwing up on the floor. Kevin grabs June by the shoulders. Class president, what are we going to do now, huh? We got to get the, we got to get out of here. Tell everyone, uh, we have to get out of here now. They start running out to grab the others. All the students' phones ding. It's June with a mass text. Everyone outside the building now. Everyone starts running, booking it, running out the front door. There's not a single car. Nobody's phone is working. June points to the left. I saw a gas station on our way in that way. Let's go to the left. The whole class starts running with the three bullies in the very back. But before they can even get off the property, the speakers start ringing again. The game must be played within the designated area. The game must be played within the designated area. What the hell does that mean? They all check their phones. It's a red warning. I think it's telling us not to leave. 
They look around and there's a white line border around the parking lot. If they step foot out of it, what happens? June turns around. Wait, nobody move. Don't go past the white line. Let's just think about this first. One of the kids doesn't believe him. He's like, no, I want to go home. And he runs out past the white line and they're screaming after him. No. He stops right outside the white line. Nothing happens. So another one of his friends sprint after him. Now two people are outside the white line. Everybody holds their breath and the speakers turn on again. Samuel Lee is being executed for breaking the rules. Alex Han is being executed for breaking the rules. Both of them are outside the white line. They throw the hands, they throw their hands on the sides of their heads. It's the frequency noise only they can hear again. Their eyes go white. They're emotionless. They turn around to stare at their classmates again and then at each other and they start running into each other full force, smashing their heads into each other over and over again, banging their heads until there's literally brain matter everywhere and blood is flowing towards the class who's all crying and standing there shocked. They're traumatized. Is it really like It's really bad? Go- yeah. This, this K-drama is pretty gory. Like even for me, I was like, oh, that day that you were like, why do you look so disgusted? <laughs> like I forgot where, where I was, but I was, you know, doing this little thing. I was watching it and he walks by me and he goes, I've never seen you look so disgusted before. You just look so disgusted for the past hour. It's so gory. It's so bloody. The traumatized kids, they run back inside. Some of them are just sitting silently in shock. What would your reaction be? You think you'd be the ones that are silent? You think you'd be the ones that's like, we got to do something. I'll be cool as a cucumber. (laughs) Cool as a cucumber? No, I'll be looking. You'll be looking? For an opportunity. To kill someone? To hit on you. (laughs) So anyway, some of them are just sitting silently in shock. Others are sobbing. The bully Sebastian is throwing his phone in frustration. One girl, Mina, is crying. What do we do now? Won't we die too if we just stay here? June tries to comfort her. Let's wait. Soon the teacher's going to come back for us. Another girl cries. Nobody's coming back. You know that. How long do we have to stay with the dead bodies? I don't want to be here with dead bodies. Don't call them dead bodies. They're our friends. They're dead. What do you want me to call them, huh? June, you do something. We have to go home, don't we? There's tension when another student screams at the girl. Hey, shut the fork up. You saw what happens when you leave. How are you still talking about going home right now? Go alone then. No one's stopping you. Meanwhile, Kevin the bully finds a set of keys to all the office doors on the receptionist table. He pockets them without telling anyone. They sit in some more silence before Uni starts running upstairs. Maybe she's thought of something. I don't know. Her big idea. She goes to the rooftop. Wendy and June follow her up. Nothing. Still no signal. What did the voice say earlier? That we can't leave the boundary? That's defined by that white line, right? Does the line go all the way around? If there's a disconnected line, can't we leave technically by the rule standards? They start running circles on the roof and there's one part that leads into the forest, into the mountains, and they can't see the white line. It like disappears in there. It looks like the mountain area could be considered inside the boundary. But maybe somewhere out there, the line is disconnected. The three go tell the others and just suggest that they all go into the mountains to see if there's a way that the lines are disconnected. But most of the students are against it. They think it's dangerous. We saw what happens if you even accidentally step outside. Eventually, a ton of students volunteer to go with June to explore the hiking trail. Uni tries to go, but Wendy stops her. Wendy warns her, if something happens to her, June will have to slow down and she'll just be a burden putting him in more danger. Stay here. 
This seems to be the only reason she doesn't go. But Mimi, the one that's got the hots for June, Oliver, the athlete, they all form a group and they decide to make it a whole trip. Meanwhile, the others who are left in the school, they just have to stay and wait. The hiking trail team, they venture into the mountains and eventually the white line gets super, super thin. So it's not even like, um, it's not a circle. So it's not like, oh, the mountains are all encompassed in this white line. It's actually like a one lane. It's about to be closed. But instead, there's one lane that keeps going up the mountains. Oh, they want them to go. Mm-hmm. Right? So they can't like walk side by side. They have to walk single file. That's how skinny it is. If you trip, if someone pushes you, you're out of the line and you die. Back at the school, the rest of the groups are mainly just crying and sobbing. Kevin and the other two bullies open up the rooms that they found the keys to. And one of them is a convenience store. It's like a snack bar. And they're stoked. But I highly doubt that they're going to share this knowledge with anyone else because they're the bullies, okay? Meanwhile, Uni suggests to Wendy that they need to find the restaurant area, like the cafeteria. They have to take the two boys into the freezer. There should be freezers in the restaurant, right? The parents will want their bodies to be laid to rest. It's too hot right now. Wendy thinks she's insane. She thinks that they should just wait for the police, but Uni doesn't think so. She instead goes to take pictures of the two dead boys, Ethan and Noah, Uni's done taking pictures in the bathroom when she notices another stall has blood seeping out and a phone on the ground. She opens up the stall. There's a bloody fire extinguisher. Uni's confused. She goes back to Noah's body. The only injuries are on his forehead. So that means he was attacked from the front. Wendy's over it. She wants to gag. Let's just get out of here. His head is hurt badly, but his hands and his arms are fine. There's no signs of him protecting himself. If this really was because of the game, he would have been awake because he's mafia. So why would he not avoid being killed? Because he was chosen by mafia to get killed? Can mafia choose mafia? That means a mafia member killed him, right? Wendy's confused, but why would a mafia member kill another mafia? Meanwhile, on the white line team, the white line team is leading on the cliff side of the mountain that overlooks water. The line is getting thinner and thinner and nobody can step out. It's getting stressful. Oliver is helping Helen, who is a nerdy girl that's friends with all the popular kids, but she's like really nice and nerdy. And they have a thing going on. The hot athlete, the nerdy girl, it's a thing. And, uh, As she's trying to grab his hand to go up the mountain, she misses and comes tumbling down and half her body almost exits the white line, but she's twisted her ankle very badly. How is she going to get back to that into the school? Mimi starts showing her true colors. She's getting impatient. They're all drenched in sweat. It's been a long day. You should have been more careful, Helen. Are you all right? One of the other students suggests that they turn around and get her back to the dorm. She needs medical attention. Let's take her to the nursing room. Not that there's a nurse. You want to turn around now? After we've come this far? Let me, let me guess. The hot boys say, hey, get on my back. Oh, yeah. He said, hey, hunt me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Would you do that for me? Uh, yeah. You think you could carry me up the stairs? A little bit, yeah. A little bit, like three stairs? Maybe yeah. two right now because you're sick. Batman. <laughs> Batman's very, very sick. Okay. Bad boy. <laughs> Bad boy is very sick and he's such a champ. I said, uh, I can film this in bed if you want where you can lay down. And then he was like, it's fine. I'll come to you. And I was like, damn. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Mimi's like, you want to turn around right now? Why don't we try a little bit further? She can't even walk right now, Mimi. 
She's going to be in pain regardless of if she can walk or not. Mimi looks back at Helen. Helen, you said you're okay, right? Let's keep going. And if you really can't do it, then you let us know, okay? She's not really giving her an option. Basically, it sounds like she's going to push her outside the white line if she doesn't say yes. That's the vibe she's giving. Like, if you don't keep up with the rest of the group, it's zombie apocalypse. You're done. You're dead. Helen has no choice but to say that she's fine. It's okay. And they'll keep going. So she hops on Oliver's back. Back at the dorms, Uni and Wendy, they find a few of the guys to help carry the two dead boys into the freezer. But it's not that cold, so they start messing with the thermostat, hoping that it works. Meanwhile, Uni feels like she's going crazy. She keeps hearing a woman whispering her name here and there, but when she asks Wendy, Wendy never hears it. Nobody does. So is it in her head? Is it the girl that self-exited and it's her ghost? Or is it someone messing with her? Lots of theories. Anyway. She ends up exploring the basement area, trying to follow that voice, and she sees an abandoned area, which is a strange aquarium in the middle. What's interesting is she feels like she keeps, she feels like she saw this in her dreams. It's deja vu. The same exact spot, everything is the same thing. Even the dorm room in the beginning of this show, and down in the basement, it's a weird-looking office. She remembers that in her dream. So it's an office with all these old computer monitors that don't seem to be working, and she closes the door and leaves, But the minute that she closes the doors, the monitors flicker on and it's CCTV cameras of the entire dorm building. She didn't see it? No. Watching everyone. It only triggers when you close it? Mm Mm-hmm. What? Uni goes back to her dorm where Wendy is trying to figure out why Noah and Ethan's phones don't work. She tried charging them, but they don't seem cracked or broken. They speculate that once you're dead, your phones are broken. And even now, everyone's phones... They're all perpetually at the battery that they walked in here with and they haven't been able to charge. But what are they going to do with that information? Meanwhile, Uni is confiding in Wendy about her dreams and how she feels like reality is kind of clashing with her nightmares and she doesn't understand what's going on. And, you know, the bullies, they were talking about the girl that self-exited and she feels like she's hearing someone calling her name. And I wonder if it's that ghost. Wendy reassures her, Uni, there are no such things as ghosts. Meanwhile, on the cliff, the white line team, they make it to the very top and there's a sign that says village town this way. But the white line stops. They can't cross it. It's a dead end. This is the end. There's no broken line. Meanwhile, one of the guys whips out his camera because he sees something on the other side. There's water and then another cliff. He tries to zoom in and it looks like two men fishing. Guys, there's someone there. Guys, there's something. The rest of the group, minus Mimi and one of her guy friends, who thinks the line is broken in a different spot, gather around this guy and they start waving their arms trying to get the humans on the other side of the mountain, get their attention. But the main student that was holding the camera is just staring. Wait, no, this is weird. He records it and then he shows the footage to everyone. Look at the guys. They're in the same fishing pose. They won't move. And the birds, they're not moving. They're just floating. Mimi and her guy friend are investigating another end. They have no idea if the line is connected or not. It kind of looks faint. It kind of looks disconnected. There's no way to test it out, except Mimi pushes Damon when no one's looking. He crosses over the very faint white line and he stares at her because she just killed him, basically. And the speakers come on. Damon has crossed the boundary. He hears the buzzing and his eyes go white and standing in front of all of his friends who have now joined because they heard the speakers, he calmly scoops out both of his eyeballs. Ah. Oh yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And another one is dead. And they're all left clinging to each other in the line, bawling their eyes out. Back at the school, the sirens come on and every student's phones ring. Kim Damon was a civilian. Everyone knows that he's dead now. That is now five dead students. And the rest of the white line group start heading back to the dorms where everyone is anxiously waiting for them in the lobby. They look obliterated. What happened, guys? What happened to Damon? Mimi starts talking. He thought the line was gone. He tried to check, but then he slipped. What about the village? How far did you guys go? You said that you would find someone and report the situation. Did you or did you not? We can't go. Everything is blocked. We're completely trapped. So you're saying we have to wait until the game is finished to leave? The kids split up to process their grief. And Uni feels like Damon is dead because of her. Because Uni is the one that suggested that they all go into the mountains. June thinks that Damon is dead because of him. Because he's the one that suggested they all go into the mountains. It's a whole thing. And Wendy is Uni's BFF. And like, she's holding it down. She's like, well, we can't leave until the game is over, Uni. So you're just going to sit here and mope around or what? And Uni's like, no, we're going to find another way out. Meanwhile, June is in the office when all the phones start ringing. Every single one of them. When he picks up one to answer, there's nothing on the other line. Dead signal. Uni and Wendy walk in on him, losing his absolute marbles, slamming the phones down, like punching the phone receivers. What are you doing? The phones keep ringing. Uni goes to pick them up. Hello, hello. There's no one on the other end. June, June is mad. Just hang up. There's no point. All of this is fake. What? What are you saying? He reaches down and shows her the wire. It's all fake. They were never even connected. How are they ringing then? She goes to check and sure enough, all the phones are disconnected. Wendy walks over to the binders on the shelf. She pulls them down. All of them are empty. Like props. This was never a real office. This was never a real youth center. Meanwhile, Danny goes to see the bullies in the convenience store. He's been summoned. So Danny is, you know how Noah and Danny were being bullied? Well, Noah's now dead. It's just Danny left. They're not actively bullying him, but they want something from him for sure. Kevin asks, what the hell is this mafia game app? You're good at games, right? How do we win? Danny says, it's the same as the regular mafia game. Have you ever played before? If I played, why would I be asking you? Because we don't know who else is a civilian or a mafia other than the ones that we are. We have to figure out who everybody else is. If you're a mafia, you want to kill civilians. Civilians want to kill the mafia. Idiot bully Sebastian states, Fuck. When do we get all the mafia members? Hey, what if we just kill everyone? Then we'll win, no? You're a civilian too. You can't just kill off the other civilians. Then you lose. This is the other guy talking. Besides, you can't even kill anyone. You're shitting your pants watching everyone die. Kevin's pissed. Both of you, shut the hell up. Let me think. But Noah, Noah was mafia. Why would he be killed? I guess the other mafia wanted him dead for whatever reason. The idiot bullies start brainstorming. Why don't we just gather up the mafia and make them kill each other? That's genius. Honestly, really smart. Kevin is annoyed. You idiots. What's so good about that you think will work? Who's going to tell you they're mafia, huh? The minions hold Danny down while they steal his phone. Give me my phone back. Danny's freaking out. Once I find out if you're an ally or not. Shit. His phone doesn't show his role either. So none of their phones show their roles anymore. Wow. Uh-huh. Give it back. Let me check one last thing. What? What are you doing? 
whether or not I can vote using your phone. Because if I can, that means I can just swing the votes in whatever direction my heart so chooses by stealing everybody's phones. Kevin tries, but he cannot vote on someone else's behalf. I don't know how they know. And he tries using Danny's finger to force it to happen. It doesn't work. It's weird. This game has no bug. Yeah. The other students are gathered in the dorm room and they're talking about whether or not they're all voting tonight or not. How many mafia are there? I don't know. It didn't tell us. Are you guys civilian in here? Nobody's a cop? Where's the cop? Mimi screams, shut up everyone so I can think. If we're going to vote tonight, someone go grab June and Helen, even though she's probably in the nurse's office getting bandaged up. Meanwhile, Oliver is comforting Helen. Helen's crying and she thinks the whole thing is her fault. And she's like, if I just told everyone I couldn't go back up, then we would have come back down and Damon wouldn't be dead. And Oliver's like, no, baby, it's not you. And then she's like, I'm going to save you. I don't know what she's thinking in that moment because like you're one ankle down, girl. I don't know who you're saving. You're not even saving yourself. Yeah, but she's like, I'm going to protect you. Belief. Manifestation, girl. Anyway. Uni, Wendy, and June have a different approach. They need to find out who the hell created this game. Then they can get some answers. Wendy says, the only people here are us. So, or, or they might be coming in when we fall asleep. That's how they killed Noah. No, Noah was killed by mafia. But our class is the only one on the list of participants. If there were others, they would be on the list too. That means someone among us killed Noah. If it's according to the rules, then yes. The other students are still gathered in Mimi's room and they all suspect Kevin and his minions because they hate Noah and Danny. So of course they would kill Noah. But one of the other girls suggests otherwise. She says, no, the game is all about killing the other side. Civilians want to kill mafia. Mafia want to kill civilians. Even if Kevin was mafia and he hates Noah, the victim, he's not going to kill Noah. And you can look at the last voting. We all voted for Ethan. And guess who suggested that one? Esther. Me? You're accusing me of being mafia? You encouraged everyone to kill off Ethan. I still have the text. Mimi starts getting intense. Why exactly did you want Ethan dead? Uh, wh what? Under your guidance, we all voted for Ethan. It's true. Esther starts crying. Why are you guys all being like this? That was at a time when none of us knew that this was a real game. Uh, hello? Esther gets up and starts pointing the finger at Mimi. Why didn't you do that, huh, Mimi? I don't know what you're talking about, Esther. Do what? On the mountain, I saw you push Damon. What? Everyone's quiet. I didn't push him. I almost died trying to save him as he fell. Everyone else saw it happen. What bullshit are you trying to say right now? Guys, listen. I, I didn't know that when this game started, it was real. So as a joke, I suggested Ethan. But Mimi fucking knew Damon was going to die. And she still pushed him on the mountain. You guys have to believe me. I saw it. Mimi tries to attack Esther physically, but the others hold her back. They run off to get June, Wendy, and Uni. The three think it's insane that the other classmates are even contemplating voting for someone, even after what happens when you vote for someone. So they rush to gather everyone and make sure that nobody votes. The first group they go to, Danny and the bullies. They're just over the bullies at this point. I mean, people are dying. Get off your ego, high horse. Shit has changed. Get with the program. Grow up. They get Danny out of there, but on the way out, Kevin pushes June. And Oliver turns around and beats up all three bullies. Oh, just like that? Oh, yeah, just like that. That's why I was like, he's got to be in wrestling because imagine you're like, I'm a track star, but also kung fu fighting. What? <laughs> yeah, beats them all up. He literally gets leader Kevin in a chokehold, and Kevin has to beg for him to be let go. And then he pats his face like a little bitch. 
right in front of everyone. That's the start of a villain arc for the villain already, which can't be good. Kevin does try to grab a pair of scissors to attack Oliver, but Uni stops him by threatening him. I will go and tell everyone what the hell you're trying to do. And since, since we didn't have anyone to vote on tonight, everyone already hates you. If I tell them that you're unhinged trying to kill one of us, who are they going to vote for? So unless you want to die tonight, put the scissors down and get with the program. Grow up. People are dying. It's not about high school bullying anymore. They leave and they tell him to gather with everyone in the auditorium at 11 p.m. June tries to explain that they just have to not vote for anyone and then everyone can live. Some of the kids are skeptical. Yeah, and what if we all agree but someone votes for someone anyway? Then what? She's right. How do we even trust each other? We have to make sure that we can trust each other. We can collect all the phones, then nobody can vote. But who's going to be in charge of the phones? Just put them in the middle where everyone can see all the phones. And what if someone steals my phone? I'm not doing that. The group start arguing. Some want to do it, others don't. But Kevin thinks it's a good idea. He brings out a bucket and puts his phone in first. Listen to the class president for once. Everyone put in your freaking phone. Do it while I'm asking nicely. Kevin starts walking around with the giant, like, you know, those um, school trash buckets like the yellow ones mm -hmm. and everyone's throwing their phone in. it's pretty deep everyone's uh everyone's throwing their phones in they put it in the middle of the gym and have a white rope around it so no one's allowed to cross the right rope and everyone's just staring at the bucket Eleven fifty-nine p.m the speaker sound one minute before voting closes everyone starts getting anxious are we sure that this is going to work they watch the seconds tick by and at 12 there's no announcement oh my god Oh my God, they all feel relief. We did it, we did it. We just have to keep doing this until the teacher comes back. Nobody votes. And then the sirens sound. Participants must vote to track down the mafia. And everyone's phones start ringing in the bucket. Warning, red warning, red warning. One of the girls starts walking towards the bucket. What the hell are you doing? You can't do that. What does it look like I'm doing? I just sit here and wait to die. So if I die, are you going to take responsibility for that? We don't know that you're going to die yet. What the fuck don't we know? Look around. And right then, two students fall from the top of the gym. Their entire heads are bashed in and their eyes are white. The speakers state that they have been eliminated for not following the rules by omitting to vote. They were both civilians. Kevin freaks out, reaches into his pocket, grabs his phone. So yeah, he pulled out his phones while he was passing out his bed. Wow. Mm -hmm. He starts voting and everyone starts running for the bucket to find their phone. There's a frequency noise sounding off. One of the girls hears the frequency. So one by one, like at random times, they're getting offed. Wow. The lights turn off because one of the students went over to cut the wire and then shove it down her throat to electrocute herself. Uh -oh. Yeah, um, other ones are shoving broomsticks into their mouth and like uh -oh. literally piercing it through their heads. What? Some of the, yeah, it's a lot. June starts having a panic attack. He doesn't even go to look for his phone. Uni has to pull him down to try and find his phone, but he's already hearing the noise. Now the students are in the dark, killing each other, trying to find their phones. They're just like, so many of them are just walking off to off themselves. All the side characters, most of them are civilians, except one, I think was like mafia. They all end up dying, literally trampling on each other. Only Kevin is chill. And then he sees the perfect opportunity. He walks over to the crowd and he picks up the phone, <laughs> holds it up in the air. Oliver, your phone's over here. This is the guy that just beat him up. And he throws it under the bleachers. 
Oliver runs after it. Meanwhile, the first two votes are casted. So remember Mimi and Esther were fighting? They find their phones first. Mimi votes for Esther. Esther votes for Mimi. And all of this is being broadcasted. And Esther can hear slowly that everyone is finding their phone and voting for her. Meanwhile, Oliver can't find his phone under the low bleachers. He literally can't reach underneath. Meanwhile, Mimi finds June's phone for him and tries to make him vote. But instead of voting for Esther, June votes for Uni. Uni votes for June. Wendy votes for another friend. That friend votes for Wendy. So they're trying to split the votes so that Esther doesn't die. But it's too late. All of it is too late. Oliver's eyes turn white. And in front of Helen, he walks up to the second floor railing and suspends himself with rope. The voting has ended. The one with the most votes, Esther, will be executed. Esther was a civilian. And Esther starts crying. I told you. I told you guys I was a civilian. Why did you have to do this to me? No one. Everyone refuses to make eye contact with her. They won't even look at her. She runs out crying and that sleepy music comes back on and all the students pass out on the gym floor next to their dead classmates. Bro, that's crazy. (laughs) And Uni has another dream. She feels herself or someone being strangled. She wakes up to use her inhaler and is panting while all the kids slowly come to and their friend Oliver is still hanging like on top of them as they slept. One of the girls tries to shake her friend awake in the morning, but she's laying still. She's cold and there's a white sheet over her head. Uni is freaking out, okay? Because it looks like she's been strangled, just like how Uni saw in her dream. Her dreams and reality are merging. Meanwhile, Mina is shaking June by his shirt. See, I told you, I didn't want to give up my phone. I told you and you didn't listen. If we didn't turn in our phones, we wouldn't have slept here and the kids wouldn't be dead. This is your fault, June. You killed them all. June, say this? Um, Mina, like another random girl. Oh. June looks so disturbed with life and himself. He apologizes and he just walks out of the gym and he gets ready to go cross the white line. But he doesn't, last minute. Kevin tells the rest of the group that, that since this was all June's fault, they can just vote for him tonight. Wendy scoffs. You're the one that said it was a good idea last night. You took all of our phones. Why change your mind now? Why did you secretly take your phone out last night? Out of everyone here, you're the most suspicious. How can we trust June, huh? He might be mafia. So of course I took my phone out. This is a game of life and death. Why should I put my life in someone else's hands? I only used my brain to stay alive. What's the deal with that? How is that suspicious? Uni's pissed. Cut it out. Why do you guys keep arguing? Right now we need to focus on getting home. Hey, you stupid bitch. We're not going home. We just need to figure out who created this game. But first, we need to move the bodies first. Are you insane? We need to move them to the freezer for their families. Kevin tries to leave and not help, but the others gang up on him. And he realizes that he might have been the class bully, but right now he has two minions and there's a class full of people who have memories of being pushed and shoved by him. He reluctantly helps. Meanwhile, June comes back and Uni tries to talk him out of his guilt and she tries to make him snap out of it. Listen to me. If you want to take responsibility for this, then let's do it together right now. Every single day, another one of us is going to die. If you want to really take responsibility, we need to get these kids out of here. So help me figure out who's doing this. Uni is the last one to walk out of the freezer and now she's about to walk out. A few boxes on the side fall over. She walks over and there's a vent, an air vent. She opens it up and it's huge. And out crawls a girl with long hair, like a ghost staring at her. What? 
and Uni feels like she's being strangled and she plops and faints on the ground. June and Wendy rush in, get her in, her inhaler, and she wakes up in the infirmary next to Helen, who's bandaging up her foot again. Helen's emotional. Oliver was helping me find my phone. Why do we have to do this? Why do we have to die? It's not fair. Kevin grabs everyone else into a room. Emergency meeting. I'm going to say it very nicely, everyone. Speak up if you're mafia. Wendy smirks. If you were mafia, would you speak up, you idiot? Then police speak up right now. Uh, I don't think police would want to speak up right now either. Hey, June, you're mafia, right? You're the one that gathered all the phones. Was that mafia's plan? Civilians died. Mimi tries to defend June. What are you talking about, you idiot? Mafia died too. There was like one mafia who died. Mina, the, the girl whose best friend died in the middle of the night, she, she's distraught. Her close friend Esther is dead. Her other close friend is dead. Hey, Kim Mimi, Esther accused you of being mafia last night and you killed her and she's a civilian. What? I wouldn't know that. I chose her because she was trying to pick me. Besides, I can say the same about you. What? Oh, Jules, your best friend that died this morning? You fought with her last night. An argument between friends is an argument between friends. Why would I kill her? You always talk shit about her behind her back because she treats you like some sort of maid. You wanted her gone. It'd make your life easier. Everyone does agree. Jules did make Mina's life miserable, you know, just bossing her around. But Kevin's over it. So much yapping. Someone start confessing. A student named Richard looks up. And you, Kevin? Me what, bitch? Why did you sneak your phone out of the basket? You knew that we were all going to die, didn't you? You kept quiet so you could kill us all off? I told you already. I just didn't trust June. But if you don't trust him, why would you force us to trust him? Kevin scoffs and says, you're the one that killed Jules. What? You think we don't know? You confessed your love for Jules and she rejected you and she posted about it online making fun of you. That, 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 was, that was a joke between me and Jules. Oh, don't lie to yourself. You think we're dumb? Every single one of us in this room knows that you got on your knees crying, begging for her to take down that video of you confessing your love. You think that there's anyone in here that doesn't know about that? After that, you went around talking shit about how she's full of it and how much you hate her and you want her dead. But you can't kill her off first because that'd be too obvious, right? You're mafia. Kevin grabs his phone and votes for Richard. Everyone gets the notification and the speaker announces it. His two minions vote off too before walking. The bullies are feeling anxious though. They feel like there are still 15 other kids left. They could easily vote for the bullies in return. So in the room, it's basically a decision to either stay with June or to go with Kevin. And Kevin seems to be the one making moves to kill off people that aren't, you know, him. One by one, the kids leave and they start voting for Richard. Or some of them just leave and decide to figure it out later. Meanwhile, the three bullies, they bring in Albert, Danny, and another guy to the snack room to feed them. And they convince them that they're all just collateral to the other people. If we, you guys don't stick with us, the bullies... The others are going to kill you off when it's convenient. In exchange, Albert, Christopher, vote for Richard. Richard is slamming his fist on the table and Uni tells him, we're going to figure it out. We can handle this. But Richard is pissed. Fine. Kevin wants to play this game. We can play too. Let's all vote for Kevin. What? We know that guy has been torturing us for years, scaring us to even breathe in his direction. That guy right there will do anything to save his own skin. He doesn't care about anyone but himself. Fine. Today it's me. What about tomorrow? Which one of you is it going to be tomorrow? 
So it's either me or Kevin. You guys choose. Helen speaks up. Richard is right. I'm going to vote for Kevin. Mimi agrees. So does Wendy. Uni and June are hesitant, but Richard tries to convince them. Do you not get it? If you don't vote for him, I will die. Do you want to kill me right now? Is that what you want? They all stand and they vote for Kevin. And the only ones left now are Chisu and Jasper, their couple. Richard and June go to convince them to vote for Kevin. So they're all close. Like Mimi is close with Chisu. They're all friends. Meanwhile, Uni, Wendy, and Helen go back to the freezer. Uni wants to crawl into the freezer vent by herself and figure out what's down the tunnel. She starts crawling through. It's like a maze. And all she has is her phone flashlight. I don't know how she's not getting lost. She steps forward and the floor underneath her gives out and she slams into the ground and she's in some sort of brick wall bunker. The basement? She grabs her arm and limps around. It's the old office with the... The computers are now playing the CCTV footage. Oh my God, the hallways. She starts walking and... She walks out into the hallway of the basement, opens up a door, and now she's in the dorm room building. But it's not. It's weird. So the dorms are on the second floor, but she's in the basement, but this looks like the hallways of the dorm rooms. It feels confusing. It's like a weird labyrinth. It's a maze. None of this is making any sense. And it it looks never-ending. It looks like there's infinity dorm rooms. What the hell is going on? She feels like she's going to get lost in here. She tries to text into the app. I'm on the second floor and something is weird. Someone please come. But it can't be sent. And she's getting exhausted trying to get out of this weird second floor, not really hell maze. She's sweating. She's about to give up when she hears a noise. The door is open a crack. She runs in and the door slams shut behind her. Hello? She's confused. She looks to investigate. The file cabinet is empty. And she opens up a box and she sees a class photo album. Class photos. Every face is crossed out except for one. The one that Uni has been seeing in the tunnel. The ghost? That's the only one not crossed out. That's the girl who died. The one who self-exited. Uni rips the photo out and sees another box fall. She goes up to the wall, pushes on it. Another hidden tunnel. Meanwhile, Kevin is on a mission. He's going to prove to everyone that Richard is mafia. Meanwhile, Richard goes to convince his friends Chisu and Jasper and, uh, to vote for Kevin. And they just want time to think for themselves, to make their own decision without pressure. Richard's pissed. He storms out and he tells June to figure it out and he's going to be in his dorm. Richard has seven votes. Kevin has six. When Mimi and June go back to find Richard in his room, he's not there. He's not in there. Let's go find him. He's being lured by Mina, the girl that voted for him, the one that hates her best friend, Jules. Mina is like, oh, well, Jesus wants to talk to you, so can you come? She lures him to a room, and guess who's in that room? Not Jisoo, not Jasper, the bullies. They hit him on the back of the head with a fire extinguisher, and they start beating the living crap out of him, trying to get him to confess that he's mafia. They're in the broadcast room. Kevin is smacking him around, stabbing his thigh with scissors. Like, it's a lot. He's like, we don't have time right now. Confess that you're mafia, aren't you? You're so stubborn. You're mafia. Kevin walks over, grabs a box cutter. He yells at his minions to grab Richard. I always really hated your eyes. You know that? He starts cutting near Richard's eyes and suddenly the speakers sound in the whole building and it's Richard. He says, it's me. I'm mafia. I did it. I hated Jules. She ignored me, that bitch. So I wanted to kill her. 
Richard confesses and Kevin turns off the intercom and the others run to the broadcasting room. The door is locked. Somehow Uni finds a storage closet, grabs a sledgehammer. They're able to get the door open and they see the state of Richard tied up to the chair, completely obliterated, but they can't do anything. The bullies can't do anything because June is holding a sledgehammer. Get it together, you idiots. June, that guy right there, Richard is mafia. And everyone's phones start ringing. Chisu and Jasper voted for Richard. He's going to die. Richard falls to the ground and he starts screaming, I should have killed that asshole Kevin first. I was just too damn of a loser. He runs back into the broadcasting room, grabs the sledgehammer from June and starts chasing after Kevin. But before he can slam the sledgehammer down, the ringing starts. He drops it and then he uses it to bang it into his head right in front of Uni. The speakers turn on. Richard was mafia. No way. Kevin stands up. See, I told you guys I was right. Everyone has to get into a secured room ASAP. So we find out that whoever mafia is, is going to kill and they have to kill them, like physically kill them. It's no ringing. Mafia have to physically kill their classmates. Yeah. And if they can't access the people, it's harder to kill them. Mm -hmm. So everyone is running to hide. Everyone is locking themselves into different rooms. Mimi ends up being locked with the two bullies. Some are in the bathroom stalls. Kevin is alone. June and Wendy and Uni are in a storage closet. And the song starts playing and everyone goes to sleep. The next morning they wake up. Uni has Richard's blood all over her. The speaker comes on. The police officer wielding their power last night. And that's it. They don't tell us who they voted for. What? Park Jisoo was executed by Mafia overnight. Park Jisoo was a civilian. Please find the Mafia and enter in the votes before midnight. It started again. They walk out to hear Jasper crying and holding Jisoo's limp body in his arms. It's honestly pretty sad. But Kevin wants to have another class meeting to rub it in their faces that he was right about Richard being Mafia all along. You saw that, right? So now if you want to catch Mafia, everybody do as I say. And how would we catch Mafia? One by one, you guys tell me who you think it is, and I'll decide which one it is. And why the hell do you get to decide? Didn't you see the way Richard tried to kill me last night? I'm the only guaranteed civilian in this room. In my opinion, the Mafia is among the ones that chose me last night. You guys worked with Richard to get rid of me. We really didn't know. Don't just judge us based off of yesterday. Then what the fuck do you want me to judge you off of? What about Chisu? We were all close with her. Why would we kill her? We're all about to die. What is friendship anyway? The other two minion bullies glance at each other. Because the bully's like, what's friendship? Mimi speaks up. On the third floor, Chizu and Jasper were alone, right? Then why did only Chizu die? Wait, are you saying Jasper could be mafia? Would he really kill his own girlfriend? I mean, Chizu did always nag him, scolding him like some old wife. We see around the corner, Jasper is listening. Kevin's over it. Not the answer he wanted. Fork Jasper. I'll tell you who's next. June. This one chased me with an axe to help Richard. Isn't it obvious? Mimi's pissed. He thought he was helping a civilian. We got betrayed by someone we trust. We were all played. We're victims here too. Helen's like, I agree. There's no way we can pick June because of that. Everyone get your phone out and vote for June. Uni glares up at Kevin. Hey, dipshit. You ever heard of innocent until proven guilty? You have no solid evidence. So stop insisting you know something. What? This is a witch hunt. You can't just go around picking whoever you like, Kevin. My gut is my evidence, you stupid bitch. 
Do you have any evidence that he's not mafia? You don't. Evidence? I have it. There's a CCTV room in the basement. I'm sure everything was recorded there. They all rush downstairs and Wendy sits down to try and hack into it, but all the files are gone. Someone deleted them on purpose, all of them. There's no auto-delete. Kevin glares at them. Mafia. Working together. The teamwork is impressive. Uni's like, what? I know what I'm looking at here. The way you guarded Richard from us and then now you're guarding June and you came here to delete everything. Uni tries to argue he's wrong and she just wanted to help. But Jasper, who was already going to get picked, remember, because he's Jesus' boyfriend, he starts chiming in. How did you even know this place exists? Because you came here to delete the files. That's why, huh? What? No, I found this place by coincidence. June is pissed. Why the hell would she drag us down here if everything was just going to make her look suspicious? Wendy is sitting still trying to get into the system and says, besides, she can't even delete files like this. She's not that advanced. But the three bullies and Jasper vote for Uni. Uni is able to convince the rest of the group to wait till 11, where she and Wendy will try to restore the CCTV footage and prove that it wasn't her. Meanwhile, Mimi, Mina, and Helen are in the infirmary waiting, and Mimi suggests that they just all vote for Uni now, just in case. Kevin was right last time, but Helen's disgusted. And if she's civilian, then what? Then, oops, what can we do about it? If you vote for uni right now, you're just like Kevin. You're just trying to kill people because you don't like them. She wants June all to herself. That is true. But Mimi's not going to go down without a fight. She smiles and says, maybe you're mafia, Helen. What? No, it's just that you, uni, and Wendy are so close recently, have been getting along so well. And I just thought, maybe you guys are all mafia. Mina tries to defuse the situation and Helen walks off. Meanwhile, Wendy is busy trying to get into the files. June and Uni go back to the tunnels to try and figure out how to prove that she's not mafia. And Uni stops him and asks, what are you going to do if it turns out I'm mafia? You put your name on the line for me. It doesn't matter, Uni. Why doesn't it matter? Because I won't ever vote for you. But when they go through the tunnels, there's a dead end. There's no hole on the ground like she stated. Everything is black. And Uni is really looking sus right now. There's no way to prove her innocence. And it seems like she's just come to terms with the fact that she's going to die. So she spends one last night with June on the roof. And she tells him, oddly enough, ever since I got here, I felt like I've been having these dreams of dying here. They're just dreams, but they're pretty scary. And since I've been so sick so often, I just thought, wow, I could really die here. <laughs> I don't really like the thought of that. You know, I don't think I want to die. He wipes the tears off of her eyes. You're not going to die. I'm not going to let you die. We have to go home. Aren't we going home together? Yeah, let's go home. Okay, and don't worry. Even if we don't get the CCTV footage, there will be another way. Could there be any other evidence? And as they're thinking, Wendy texts that she got the footage. So they all run back into the basement. The whole class is there. But before the footage can be played, one of the computers bursts into flames. They rush to put out the fire and Kevin is pissed. Gathered us all here to light us on fire. You guys are really something, huh? I swear I didn't. It's not me. But the others won't even look at her, which means that they're going to try and kill her. But one of the screens without power starts flickering on again. It's footage of the pool. There's a girl in uniform staring eerily still staring at the camera. Uni pulls out the class photo, the creepy class photo with the ghost girl in there. And she says, it's this girl. 
Kevin snatches it out of her hand and laughs. Hey, you idiot. We don't believe your lies anymore. Uni says, look at the time code on the camera. It's right now. We're all in this room right now. Who is in the pool then? I'm telling you, there is something other than us here. And I think it's something to do with this game. You really think that after watching all the way that your friends have died, that even if you win, you're going to just get to leave here? That they'll just let you go? So do you just want to be a good little boy and play the killing game you're told to play? Or do you want to find out who's behind this? If we find the connection between that girl and this game, we might actually be able to get out of here. The whole group decides to go to the pool area to investigate. Clearly, the ghost is gone, if there is a ghost. And it's kind of silly because it's not like they're going to be able to find the ghost hiding under a pool chair. And midnight is getting really close. Kevin is constantly reminding them. June suggests that they try something different for voting this time. Out of 13 votes, Uni got four. You die if you get the majority. If we split the votes, then maybe nobody dies. So cast four votes for somebody else, so it's a tie, and then everybody split the rest of the votes. Then who will tie with her then? Nobody looks. June offers. He wants to be the one that's tied with Uni. It's a huge risk. Both of them could die. At 12 a.m., the voting ends, and they all wait in silence, and it works. Finally, a loophole they can keep using. But as they're about to walk out of the room, the speakers come on. June and Uni have tied. In five minutes, a second voting round will end. Those who have not voted for either of them will have to vote for one of them. If it is a tie again, everyone will be executed. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You sound like a horse. (laughs) Mimi starts screaming at everyone to vote for Uni. Wendy starts yelling at everyone to hold on for a second. Just hold on. Uni and June are just standing there not knowing what to do. The alarms are blaring. Everyone's screaming to just freaking vote already. Meanwhile, June is reflecting back at everything that happened. And he speaks up. I'm mafia. And Uni's like, what are you doing? I collected the phones because I wanted to win and I deleted the footage. I did this because I wanted to win, but I can't do this anymore. I can't keep killing. But Uni knows he's lying. Mimi tries to tell it everyone that it's not June, but they start voting for him. Wendy's trying to pull Uni off of June and the minute he dies and is executed, they need to be somewhere safe because the next round is going to start. In the end, June has the most votes. Uni is dragged away and he starts hearing the ringing until his eyes go white. And he falls back into the water. What? And all the lights turn off and the song starts playing. It's time to go to sleep once more. And we see a quick flashback. Mimi is mafia. She pushed Damon off the white line. She smothered Chisu in her sleep. And now she's going to kill again. And that is where I leave you. What? Uh, yeah. Part two will be up next Monday, okay? And that will be the final part. Who do you guys think are mafia other than Mimi? How many more? more? There's more. There's more mafia. Who do you think is going to survive at the end? And who is setting up this game? If you have the spoilers, don't leave it in the comments. But if you haven't seen it and you just listened to this, who do you think is doing it? Leave it in the comments. And I hope you guys enjoyed. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Bye.